Hi and welcome to Natural Life Flow, the podcast for self-care to uplift you to your best self, sponsored by Debbie Spink Holistic Therapies. How are you today? How are you thinking, feeling, doing? Take a moment each day to reflect and raise your awareness. Hi and welcome to the show and this week's special guest is John Kenny who is the Relationship Guy, founder of Interpersonal Relationship Coaching, author of the People Programme, speaker and documentary maker. He's been involved in the field of personal development for over 15 years and in that time has not only helped thousands of clients but has also completely changed his own life. He uses a fusion of coaching, counselling, hypnotherapy and NLP to unlock the things that stop people achieving, keeps them stuck and unfulfilled and holds them back from finding the quality social relationships that they want. Hi John and welcome to the show. Hi Joe, thanks very much for having me. It's great to have you on here. Um, today I think we're going to talk about um, people pleasing and a lot of a lot of women have like the kind of taught that they need to serve people they're here to help others and obviously nurture children things like that so mm-hmm. um what what's the definition of a people pleaser and how does it become a problem from and sort of where does it veer from being like the traditional into a big problem yeah so i think there's a difference between people pleasing and 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 putting so helping other people to make them happy or doing things for other people mm. so people pleasing is i think is the extreme of putting everybody's needs before your own so you get your actually that's not necessarily true let me change that your need is to please um so if you are driven by the need to make other people happy then you're always looking for that external validation that what you're doing is working. Um, and it's really damaging when it gets to that point because you're not always going to be able to find that. So, and no matter what you do, you just can't make some people happy. And then eventually what will happen is you'll give and give and give and give, and then nothing will come back. So then you'll start to feel resentful. You'll start to feel like nothing's there for you. You're going to run out of energy. You're going to run out of uh, emotional ability to be able to function properly. And that's going to be very damaging. You may get resentful, angry. Um, You might just completely flake out because you're emotionally drained. Uh, And that's where people pleasing becomes a problem. So it's okay to do things for people so long as it's not going to, it's not too often. You do get something in return. And it's just, just not all about someone else all of the time. Um, you sort of said, where does that come from? Generally, we're going to learn that in childhood. Um, so when we grow up, we learn how to function in relationships. and We form our own relational patterns. And if we decide as kids that making other people happy is how we make ourselves happy because we don't get much feedback or anything from those people ourselves um, then that's the pathway that we're likely to take up right so it's like there's an intrinsic reward that keeps people maneuvering into this um i've heard it called like a giving cycle that you give and give get a reward of feedback or something 
Um, is that how you found your clients um, experiencing that kind of thing? Yeah, so that um, in counselling terms, it's called like an external locus of evaluation. So we evaluate ourselves based on the external world. Um, and as, as you said there, it's about fulfilling something within us that keeps it going. Uh, so we're looking yeah. for a fulfilment, but from what's going on out there, I mean, it's never coming from in here. Uh, and that what, what, make, what keeps, gets us unstuck in the end when it comes to making other people happy. And generally, if we're a people pleaser, we attract people who like to take. Right. So the, the energy goes together very well. Uh, so yeah. if I'm a people pleaser, the, the energy that I'm giving out will have a tendency to, to attract someone in that likes to take things. And obviously my energy to give will, will be attracting, be attracted to someone who likes to take. Um, and after a while, um, that just becomes a mess. Um, mm. Because I'm just going to get resentful and unhappy and run out of uh, the ability to give to someone. But also it may be part of my relational pattern. So I could be choosing to be with those types of people so that I always feel a certain way. So I used to feel pretty worthless and useless as a kid. So being a people pleaser and giving to someone who I knew I was never going to get anything from then also led me to feel worthless and useless and nothing was ever there for me, which is exactly what I experienced as a kid. So I would play out that, that cycle as well because I was looking to get an, an end met, which was to feel rubbish about myself. Uh, nobody ever cared about me and, and I was a bit of a victim. Right. So it's like you get um, what you expect or what you're rewarded for. Either way, if you get like thanks and um, appreciation, then that's one form of reward. But then if you start to get what you expect, that you're going to be trodden on and uh, down, looked down upon uh, and used and abused, then then I guess that's another kind of reward in a way that you get what you think you're worth. And mm -hmm. then, um, then do people, like you say, become resentful and bitter? Is that like a dark slope that people go down and can it descend further, depression and things like that? Yeah, most definitely. Again, if you don't know, if you don't act on it, it will just keep continuing and you'll just uh, keep spiraling into that space where, um, especially if you've got sort of self-worth issues, you, you'll just keep repeating that and you'll keep having that idea of yourself or that belief about yourself all of the time because all, all you're getting, the only feedback you're getting is that it's never about you. Um, and if you stick in that kind of environment, it is going to lead to um, much more serious emotional health problems but it's like never enough whatever you do is never enough um, yeah. that kind of scenario um how bad can it get um what's sort of the worst case that you've experienced um so there's a lot of sort of codependency issues as far as this is concerned um people can get uh, bonded uh, trauma bonded through this as well um they can attract very narcissistic type people um, not necessarily that they are narcissistic, because I think narcissistic is a term that's thrown around far too 
commonly at the moment. It is actually a personality disorder and it's very rare uh, for someone to be a narcissist, but they could uh, have narcissistic tendencies. So manipulation, controlling, uh, abusive, bullying, that type of stuff. Um, and it could lead you to, to find yourself in a, in a very emotionally, uh, mentally, uh, physically abusing abuse space uh, because all you want to do is to make someone happy, um, but they're never happy. And they then use that against you because they can basically do what they want and you'll let them get away with it. If occasionally they, there might be some kind of light at the end of the tunnel or perhaps right at the beginning of the relationship, there was a lot of um, positive reward because they were acting out in their persona to sort of get you to on board of the, into the relationship. And then their sort of true colors will come out when their mask drops and they think they've got you in there. Um, and that's happened, uh, well, with quite a few clients actually, where um, they get drawn into a certain type of relationship um, because the person's putting on this facade in order to get them into this relationship. And they just, they remove all of their kind of self-worth um, because of the way they're treated. But because there are, they're hanging on to maybe what was at the start of the relationship, they've got their own kind of, like you said, people pleasing issues. So they are getting the reward from being in that relationship, even though it's really unhealthy. Um, it can lead to some severe uh, depressive episodes, um, self-harming, um, and occasionally sort of suicidal thoughts, because you don't feel like there's an escape if it gets that bad. Yeah, yeah. So what steps could um, a person take to make make a move to get out of this cycle, out of the rut that they're in? Yeah, so it's, it's really about understanding yourself. Um, is why, why are you in that space? Um, firstly, I guess the pain point you need to reach is to recognise that you are in this space and you don't want to do it anymore. Um, you know, that's the space that I reached myself when I realised I needed to change is when I sat down and said, I'm not doing that. I can't do this anymore. Uh, I need something to be different. And that's when I really started to look internally at what, what my role was within my own life. And what was I doing and how did I feel and what were my thoughts and belief systems that were leading me down this route in the first place? And then it was kind of just once understanding that, it was accepting that that was what it was. And then thinking about how I could then improve my relationship with myself firstly, uh, so that I didn't um, allow this type of thing to go on anymore. And then sort of thinking about the kind of relationships that I did want. So what did I want that was going to be different next time? Um, rather than looking for what I don't want and looking to avoid things, it's about looking to what I do want so that I get my brain focused in the right space to look for the right things rather than trying to avoid um, the negative things. Yeah. I should imagine that that's quite a process to unfold because if you're constantly focusing on other people, to then try and focus on yourself and understand yourself and what you want mm -hmm. is going to be a pretty big ask. Um, how do your clients, um, people you've worked with, how do they sort of 
how do you take them through that process? Yeah, so in the, my, um, so the, 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 the uh, kind of the theme, what's the, it's not the theme, is it? The thing that the kind of this concept behind my interpersonal relationship coaching, I call the bicycle effect. And it's because it looks like a bicycle. Um, and the brakes are your resistance to change. Um, so that can kick in because we're so used to doing things a certain way that we need to convince ourselves that it's better to do it a different way. And when we're not completely convinced of that or we're fighting against the old beliefs and the old perceptions, then the brakes can kick in and we'll just stop because um, we don't know if it's okay to continue. Um, so that's uh, why I offer sort of three months of coaching because generally within those three months, people have done some change and they'll notice if there's any resistance kicking in and then we can sort of go, okay, what, what's the resistance about? And then we can address the resistance and then we can help them to move forwards. Um, it usually takes um, that amount of time for us to get to a point where we can understand what the issues are and to start to implement the change and put people in what might be an uncomfortable position for them. Um, but then that's when the kind of the NLP stuff comes in as well. It's like, okay, if you say it's going to be difficult, it's going to be difficult. If you're going to say it's going to be easy, it's going to be much easier than if you think it's going to be difficult. Yeah. So, you know, we, I try and make it the process as seem and feel as easy as possible um, so that your brain is comfortable with taking the steps forward. Mm. I guess that's a big um, kind of uh, block for people, the mindset of getting it through as like a positive experience that, you're going to get lots of benefits out the other side um um what do people typically like um not excuses but what do they come up with as blocks that they just really fight against and don't want to get past what's the common themes so the, the common the common thing is not getting their need met how they might articulate yeah. that is, is going to be like a varied but it's when you your need has been with you for so long and you're now not feeling so there's there's not only that you have to deal with your brain you have to deal with your body because in a lot of these circumstances there's a chemical release um, when you get your needs met and your body craves that chemical as well so we have to try and overcome not only our mindset but we have to come over overcome what our body's saying well give me this hit of this hormone please i need some of this and yeah. if that's missing because you're trying to shift from what done to doing something else um, we, we, then we need to kind of focus on the reward system that you're going to get from doing the something else um, but there'll be people who are like I just can't do it it's too tough um, they'll go back into the kind of self-doubt and self-worth issues um, they'll say other people aren't playing ball um, which is a big thing because when you're trying to change you you kind of hope that people are going to come along for the ride with you but that's not always the case because um, yeah. uh, they, they've got used to you being a certain way and they want you to probably stay in the space that they want you to stay in. Uh, so that can be quite a challenge. Um, but there, there, there's going to be various reasons that could come up, but mostly it's about the how are they going to now find somebody different. There's a belief that they're not, not going to find somebody different. And what's the point if I'm not actually, if this is never going to change? Um, and that's one of the probably biggest sort of doubts that come up in people's heads. Right. Yeah. So we're talking about kind of 
going through perhaps even to relationship breakdown totally if uh, if things aren't going to uh, happen on either side uh, do you work with like people as couples or does it tend to be one party or the other it's generally individuals um i am i was a trained couples therapist in the counseling times but um i kind of moved away from that uh to help kind of individuals to work themselves out it, it can work as a couple if they're really in it together um and they want to work together on the issue but a lot of this stuff comes from somebody that recognizes that they're in trouble or that they need to change um so they'll, they'll come along as, as an individual um, because it's yeah the relationship they're in is not generally going to be that supportive in helping them to move on. Mm, yeah. yeah. And they both do. Um, yeah. And uh, is it, does it tend to be women or men as well? Because like you said about the um, content that you see about narcissism and I see lots of posts like eight tips to see if your guy's a narcissist and uh, yeah. Of, uh, I don't imagine it's that helpful to really try no. and uh, try and uh, every everybody suddenly starts thinking, oh, but they do that and they do that. That could be narcissism, and uh, yeah. and really gets uh, pegged into it. What's your take on that? Yeah, so uh, it's probably about fifty-fifty the clients that I see, male and female. It's it's increased a lot in the men over the last few years. Uh, I think obviously being a male, it, it's makes it a little bit easier for, for some people to approach me that are guys to talk about the things yeah. that they want, to, they want to work on. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is, like I said earlier on, narcissist is a term that's been thrown around without any real basis at the moment. Yes, I might have a, a narcissistic tendency, so I might be controlling in a way, or I might have uh, a lack of empathy with other people. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm a narcissist. Like I, said, I think it's, well, I can't remember the figures, but it's really small. It's about 1.6 or 0.6 of the population will actually have some kind of narcissistic personality disorder. And that's the people that have already been diagnosed or that have the issues in the first place. So it's a very small amount of people that are actually have the NPD. Um, but um, a lot of people. So my, when I first left home and moved in with my first girlfriend, she had a lot of narcissistic tendencies, but she wasn't a narcissist. She was just massively insecure. And because of her own insecurities, she was very abusive and controlling and could be quite violent at times. Um, but she wasn't a narcissist. She just had a lot of traits um, and couldn't empathize with how I was feeling and things like that. So she had a lot of traits that um, would well, you could say, oh, she's, she's a narcissist, but she wasn't. Uh, <laughs> so it tends to be like um, a coping mechanism, it sounds like. Um, yeah, it's a reactive, maybe... reactive space. Yeah. yeah. Mostly yeah. people struggle with like a lack of empathy and things like that can't see faults within themselves. So even if, you're, yeah. if you are a narcissist, it's because you can't see yourself as doing anything wrong. You know, you have to have control of a situation and you have to keep yourself in what I like to call your window of comfort. So it's a very narrow window and that's all you need. That's, and if anyone tries to take you out of that space, you'll act in any way possible to try and bring the situation back under your control. Uh, and you'll use whatever you think will work in order to do that. And if that's 
you know, abusive or controlling or just downright nasty sometimes, you'll do it because you need to bring the situation back into your, your comfort zone. Um, yeah. So people that have got a very wide comfort zone don't exhibit those types of tendencies because it, doesn't, it takes a lot to throw them out of their own space. It's just when we're dealing with people that are in a very small space, and a people pleaser is in a small space. Mm. Because yeah. when it comes to their relationships, they're just in this space trying to make everybody else happy. Yeah. So they tend to be almost like the opposite of, of the narcissist, uh, which is why. Yeah. But in a way, exactly the same. It, you know, yeah, they yeah. might, so, if they're not getting their need met, then they might start using manipulative or controlling tactics to try and get someone to show them affection or to show them that they're pleased with them. So again, it can come from different angles. Just because you're a people pleaser, it doesn't mean you don't have that um, kind of side of you where you're, where you're not getting your needs met, that you're not going to do anything possible to, to try and, to try and get, make that happen. Uh, it's all very complex. <laughs> uh, so what what's the biggest kind of change? How, how do you see people develop through your coaching? Uh, what's the result at the end for people? So what I aim to help people to get to at the end of the time that we spend together is that they have either got a, a really clear idea of the person that they want to to be themselves, but the person they also want to be within their lives. Um, so they've either been able to move away from a relationship that wasn't suitable for them or they're in the steps of making sure that that relationship is more suitable for them. Um, but because of a kind of focusing on helping people that have had difficult relationships in the past and are looking to change that with their next relationship, so I'm helping them to kind of go, okay, so what was wrong with the relationships in the past? Why did you find yourself in that situation? And understanding uh, the kind of people they were attracted to and uh, that were attracted to them and then shifting that space for them. So they're more aware of what they want from somebody and they're going to allow that to happen in their own life and break the relational patterns that they might have had in the past. Yeah, so I've seen that a lot, that um, people get caught in these relationships one after the other after the other and all really following the same pattern and uh, I was guilty it, of that. it comes <laughs> <laughs> yes me too <laughs> and uh, yeah it starts really starts with yourself doesn't it and um, exploring what you change and is it is it about um from the basis of self-esteem and self-confidence and really getting that to expand and like you say open up the boundaries yeah definitely you know, what you're gonna well the good stuff that you're going to allow for yourself because you know you're worth it um and having that self-belief and and self-worth so that you believe in yourself enough to go this is what i want from now on and i'm not going to really i'm not going to accept anything less um and if I don't get that, then especially if it's a new relationship, you can just walk away. I do help people that, do, that are dealing with difficult relationships that they're in. So again, if it's a personal relationship, like an intimate relationship, you don't, you don't ever have to stay. But sometimes there are um, things that make that more difficult than, than it is just to leave. Um, and then also there are relationships within your family that you struggle with. 
Um, so you could people please your parents all the time. Um, so I help people to put themselves into a mindset that they want to have a relationship with this person, but it needs to be more on their terms and they're not so affected by or don't behave in the way that they always have done around the people that might be causing them the problems uh, or, yeah. trig or triggering the issues that they've got within themselves. Mm. I've, I've found that um, people pleasing creeps into like business as well. Um, I'm a holistic therapist and I know a lot of holistic therapists are like healers and givers in any case. And sometimes with like business with clients, um, people will feel awkward about asking for money and let them walk out the door or they'll uh, let them sit and have a chat and it could be two hours later having a chat still and they feel like starting to feel the put upon so uh yeah it can really impact every aspect of your life can't it um how far far reaching can it possibly get well yeah yeah like you said if you take it into every relationship you ever have then you are always putting everybody else's needs bef before your own to a degree because obviously we've mentioned that this mm. is your need is to please so you're actually putting your need as a priority but it's actually yeah. making you very uh it's also it's very destructive it can be very very destructive and like you said you know you do an hour session with someone and they walk away and you're, you're too concerned about their feelings or to even ask them to pay for your session uh, yeah yeah you know, then it's um it, it's gonna cause you a problem uh, so it's yeah. really about sort of prioritizing yourself um and saying no i actually i deserve this i'm worth this this is what i want um so i'm going to allow myself to uh, yeah. yeah absolutely um and what is the biggest takeaway that you'd give your listeners if somebody thinks well that's me i struggle really uh, struggle and people please what's the biggest sort of thing that they could do to actively start on the way to making a change good question there's a few things um but i would suggest that the first thing that they they to consider is to think about what they want mm. what is it that you actually want for your life and actually being a people pleaser does that get it for you mm. um yeah. you know because we're all very good i mean and that's one thing that when i do sit down with my clients i do ask them to write a, a want list if it's if it's not there um and they do struggle with that because they've never actually especially being a people pleaser you never really think about what you want you always think mm. about what's best for everybody else um, and so then they might sit down and write, and I don't want list, which we don't work with because to focus on what you don't want means all you find is what you don't want. So then we just flip that. So, okay, so if that's what you don't want. What is it that you do want? What is the opposite of that? What words can you use in your mind that says, this is what I want. I want this for my life. And then you can just sort of see, okay, how does that balance up with actually what I've got? Um, and then that's when the work starts because it's then moving from this space to this space and how we're going to get there. And mm. um, do people find it um, more expansive and liberating because quite often people end up feeling isolated and separate from people in their lives? 
Does they get that kind of connection? Yeah, they get they get a different connection. Um, so yes, for, at the start it can be it can be quite difficult if you're breaking ties or breaking connections because of the old way of doing things and trying to reestablish new connections. Um, yeah. But it's about connecting with yourself. I think you said that earlier on, you know, and about that working on yourself. Yeah. So it's about finding that better, healthier, deeper connection with you and understanding of you. And then you can start to create uh, healthier connections with other people. But there might be a transition period there where you might be breaking away from some people and you haven't actually got those new relationships into your life yet. And again, that's when the kind of resistance comes in. And that's some of the work that we'll do is say, okay, it's okay to let that go. We're heading in this direction. It will come so long as you put yourself in the right space to allow it in. Yeah. It's, uh, I should imagine if you're in a set pattern to change that and then have to put yourself out and maybe get new friends or get a new partner is is a big kind of traumatic kind of experience that uh, people just really want to stay in the comfort zone. Um, how, how do you sort of see that? How does that work out? Yeah, so it's about looking at the cost, really, the emotional cost, maybe financial cost, or the, you know, of, of staying in that space. Um, and again, that's why the want list is so so can be so powerful because once we put ourselves into a, okay, what would it feel like to have that? If you could achieve this, if you could have this type of person in your life, if you could have that type of relationship, um, how would it feel? And it's about then saying, okay, well, what's it feel like now? You know, you, you know, you might feel great for five seconds when you do something nice for someone, but actually the long-term impact on you is really painful. And it's about weighing up. So as Tony Robbins says, your motivation to change needs to be more powerful than your motivation to stay the same. So your motivation to stay the same is here and maybe your motivation to change is here. And we need to create something which is going to make you want to overstep that. Um, and by creating a kind of a vision of your future, an idea of what those connections are going to feel like, um, can help us to say, okay, well, now I need to leave this behind because I know it's not actually serving me a, a really positive purpose anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's uh, definitely have that vision, have that sort of inspiration. This is what I can be. This is what I will be. Um, really embody the vision of that just to propel yourself forward. That's brilliant. So, any, um, any area of your life then at that point? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Business, family, kids, everything. It's uh, sort of all encompassing to get that that uh, motivation. Um, and just to wrap up, a question that I ask uh, everyone, as it's like self care. Uh, if you had one hour for self care for yourself, what would you choose to do? I only had one hour. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, you can have an all day spa if you wish <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all day spa if I wish yeah, it would definitely be um, you know, it would be an all day spa but I'd go to the gym in the morning then I'd get myself a massage then I'd maybe lounge around by the pool um, yeah that would, that would do me <laughs> but I'd have to have all day yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. if, just an hour I'd probably just go in the gym and do, do a bit of exercise Right, I love that. Yeah, I think we'll be all there. We'll be all at the spa, definitely. <laughs> well, I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, John, where can we find out more about you? Uh, so I'm all over social media, um, but uh, you can just go to my website, uh, which is uh, www.johnkennycoaching.com um, and just find everything that I do there. Uh, but I'm on Facebook, just John Kenny Coaching. If you put that in, you'll find me um, dotted around all over the place. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. Great. It's been a brilliant to chat to you and I'm sure a lot of value for listeners uh, out there that are feeling under pressure that they should be doing things and um, really trying to please everybody apart from themselves. So yeah, uh, got some steps there to actually get out of that rut. So that's brilliant. You just said something there which is just reminding me. You just said that they should be. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So again, a little tip: if you hear yourself saying "I should" a lot, you don't want to do it. You know, you're you're <laughs> telling yourself that you should do something, and that never feels good. It's always about that's about expectation. So if you hear yourself okay. saying "should" a lot, you need to check in on it. So Great John. last point. Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks very much, John. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Natural Life Flow. I appreciate you taking the time out. If you like this episode, please comment, like and share. Tag your friends and let's grow the natural community. I'll speak to you on the very next episode.